welcome to the Jason Claus Show. I'm Jason Claus, your host. Today we're going to be talking about, as always, good ideas for busy managers. Hey everybody, it's Jason Claus. Welcome to the show. It's episode six, and I know I haven't been around for a bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But first, just to remind you, my name is Jason Claus. I am, most of you know me as the sales consultant um, coming out to talk to you about IT services and, and outsourced IT. What you don't also know is that I'm a student of good management ideas. And I thought that there is a ton of great information out there um, on the internet and also just within the community that I'm a part of. I meet with really smart managers every day that have great ideas and they share them with me. And, and the point of this show is to try to create a place where we can highlight really good ideas that are immediately actionable or, or at least worth considering. They might not be immediately actionable. Um, so what you can expect from me. I'm going to try to post one to two of these a month and get them out to you. If uh, you're interested in, in getting on the distribution list for this, you can go to the website and check it out. The website is www.jasonclaws.com and you can sign up there. Um, you can also check us out on iTunes and you can catch a link to iTunes from, uh, uh, from the website or just uh, going through, uh, through your, uh, your, your Mac-enabled device. So again, I know I haven't been great about keeping the podcast up to date, but that's for a pretty decent reason. I'm going to share that in, in just a minute. Today, we're going to be continuing the conversation about codes. Um, most of you are going to have to go back and listen, but we were talking about how what you say isn't always the same thing as how it's received by your people, and it can cause a lot of problems. And, and my guest, Samuel Hatton, we actually had a really good conversation um, about that specifically, how it impacted um, sort of Samuel's first experiences working with me as his manager. And I thought it was profound. So I've got two shorthand topics, um, you know, creating short to shorthand that you can use with your people uh, and, and making that something that is well known early on in the, uh, in the relationship. So I've got uh, uh, an article from, well, it's not an article, it's actually a book um, written by Dave Crenshaw. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And then a couple of quick ideas um, uh, that, that, that were outcroppings of, uh, of that book that, that we applied. Um, but where have I been? So um, most of you knew, know me from, uh, from Insight, um, and uh, unfortunately or fortunately, or it was kind of bittersweet, right? I, it was time for me to move on. So I'm with a new company now. The company's called All Covered. They're a, a national um, computer consulting company and IT services company. Um, owned by Konica Minolta, and many of you know Konica Minolta for the, for, for the you know, incredible um, uh, multifunction uh, devices, uh, uh, copiers, printers, uh, fax machines. But their business is transforming. They acquired All Covered, um, and uh, together we're, uh, we're, we're addressing the, the market to provide uh, IT services for companies just like the folks that are listening to this uh, to this podcast, because the the, the folks that are getting this, you're, you know, you've already met with me. A uh, little bit of stats about all covered. It's about a thousand employees. Um, it's uh, there's there's offices across the United States and now in Canada. 
Um, so we've got a very large footprint um, that we that we can service. Great for companies that have multiple offices across the across the United States. We have about uh, 100 engineers here in California. Um, 40 of them are right here in the Bay Area. So I feel like we've got a a, a tremendous bench of, of really seasoned IT professionals um, that our clients can take advantage of. Uh, and I'm going to send some links to uh, to to a couple of uh, of link uh, of uh, properties for for all covered uh, introductory video, maybe the website, a couple of other things, and you can feel free to check those out. But um, if I have not been out to see you yet to share what's going on with the with the new company, I would love that opportunity. So um, if I if you if you get a call from me. Um, I'd, I'd love to, to just schedule a little bit of time to, to, to kind of walk you through the, the, the new business's portfolio. All right, so getting right into our topics, right? So the book that, that I read, um, it's by Dave Crenshaw, uh, and the book is called The Myth of Multitasking. It's published by Jossie Bass, um, and it's a really good read. Uh, it's not, a, it's not a, a huge book. It's not a thick book, um, but, there's some, but it's crammed full of some good ideas. And the, and the gist of it is is that... We've kind of all fallen into this myth that we can get multiple things done at the same time. And Dave's point and science's point is, is that human beings are incapable of multitasking. What we're actually doing is a phenomenon called switch tasking, and we just do it very quickly, where you switch in and out of uh, paying attention to, to different tasks. And contrary to the conventional wisdom, Multitasking is not the best way to get things accomplished. Uh, it's not the most efficient way to get things accomplished. Um, and realizing that and kind of bucking that, that conventional wisdom is kind of the point of his book. And, and because I've always had a really hard time staying focused on things when, when there's a lot going on, I completely bought into to what he's got here. And I'm going to include a link to, to, to Dave's website. He's, he's, got some, he's got a great blog. He's also got some great books. If you ever get a chance to see him speak, I, I did get to see him speak. It was at uh, Schnizfest a couple of years ago. That's the event that Gary Pika hosts. It was a wonderful event. Um, he runs you through an exercise that just demonstrates the, the difference between directed energy on trying to get something done and then multi you know, doing it as, a, as you're trying to do something else. It's, and the, the, the results are entirely different. Uh, spoiler, when you can devote all your attention to something, you get more of it done quickly, more better, <laughs> all of that. All right, so um, that's the book. He came, he, he had this, one of the things that he talks about um, is, the, is the idea of how quick questions just crush productivity. In fact, I wrote a blog about this a while ago. I think I'm going to link to that too. Um, where I talked about how we were implementing the, the sort of this quick question methodology um, with my team. So uh, here's, the, here's the gist of it is, right? You're working on something. Somebody comes by and knocks on the door and says, hey, quick question, right? You're obligated by office culture typically to say, yeah, I've got some time. Why don't you come on in and, and, and sit down? Let's... Uh, Let's work through whatever it is you need to work through. What, what, you know, what's up, right? Now you've just stopped what you're doing. You've got to switch task and start paying attention to the person that just interrupted you. You've got to work with, through whatever it is that they want to talk to you about. That person leaves. Now you've got to switch task back to whatever it was that you were doing. And there's a huge load in time and energy that's attached to that stuff. And when you add up all the quick questions that can happen throughout a day, it's no wonder that 
we get nothing done, right? So what would be a reasonable way to address this quick question phenomenon and, and maybe make some sort of subtle change on the culture or maybe on the team to make it okay to avoid these quick questions. Because I'll tell you, I've seen it done in organizations where someone just arbitrarily or unilaterally decides, okay, I'm not going to play this game. And so I'm establishing office hours and you can't talk to me unless I've got, unless I've got my, my, my flag raised that says, okay, I'm available to take questions now. And the results were that that just really irritated people. So how, you know, all right, how do you, how do you do it in a way that will be accepted and that, and, that, and that will be utilized, right? And, and, and that will make people confident that, that when, they, when they defer the quick question, that they're going to get an answer. And I think that's the, that's the key piece here, right? So what we did as an organization, or as a team, not necessarily as an organization, was we said, okay, anyone at any time is allowed to ask a quick question. You can always try to run me down and ask me a quick question. But I can always ask, can it wait? And if it can wait, then it needs to wait until the regularly appointed time. And that regularly appointed time needs to be scheduled. And people need to believe that they're going to get that question answered at that regularly available time. Um, or Or else this probably wouldn't work. Right? So my, you know, one of my teammates can say, hey, Jason, quick question. I can go, can it wait? And if it can wait, then it should wait. But if it can't wait, in the same way I have permission to ask if it can, the person asking me the question has the the right or the privilege to say, no, it can't wait. In which case, I've got to stop what I'm doing and I've got to to switch task, right? But many of the questions, many, many, many of the quick question um, variety, they can wait. And as long as there's a regularly scheduled time to get that, it can wait till then. So what we did, we um, we've been we've been doing um, we've been doing daily huddles for for years. It's uh, it's out of the Gazelles dot com book um, Rockefeller Habits, right? Every day at a pre appointed time, we had a fifteen to thirty minute huddle. And the I'll do another podcast about huddles because I think they're just a really great way to get alignment around what you're doing. But but our huddle, one, good news. So everybody got a chance to share something good. It could be whatever you want. Uh, um, key numbers, uh, stucks, and then the last one was quick questions. And everybody got asked those four questions. Tell me something good. Tell me your key numbers. Tell me where you're stuck. And tell me, you know, are there any quick questions that, that you need answered, right? And that's where those questions would get answered. And sometimes the huddle would only go 15 minutes. Sometimes it would be five minutes because you could get through it really quick. Sometimes it would go 30 minutes. But we always cut it off at 30 minutes and, and went on about our day, right? So we, and, and it, was, it was sacred time. Everybody, the, the huddle for us was a, uh, it was a cold call. And, or excuse me, it was a, a conference call. And it, it, you were expected, everybody was expected to be on the call. And that's how we, we got this, uh, this accomplished. And so the impact that it had on us as a team, I think, was pretty profound. Because what started happening was the stuff that was important, that bubbled to the top, and we had to deal with it right then. Um, and the things that could wait, we just started holding those questions until, uh, until the, the properly appointed time on the huddle. 
So um, this is one way to, you know, kind of tagging back along with, you know, what you say versus what you mean. Um, you know, this was a way to get more efficient with the team and to kind of set expectations and to really make it okay um, to ask not to be interrupted if it, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't crazy important. It's like, you know, it's, there's other great ideas out there, and we'll talk about them, but just one that, one that comes to my mind, you know, the idea of just by default declining meetings, right, unless, unless there's a good reason to be there. But, you know, probably not the best thing for everybody, but, you know, you know it's just another one of those, you know, kind of easy things to do. And then it, had a, it has, a, has had a, a relatively uh, strong impact on the organization. So the second sort of shorthand um, that, that, that we developed with the team, we started using the phrase strong opinion. Um, and I don't remember where I got this idea or where it came from. I know it wasn't mine, but I, I can't remember how to attribute it back. So I'm sorry, whoever, came, whoever was first with the strong opinion idea, I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't remember how I got it. But here's the problem, right? When you work with smart, driven, creative people, chances are they're going to have opinions about things, strong opinions about things, and so are you, right? And it is really, really good to zero in on the best ideas by facilitating good debate among the team, right? And, and, and really, you know, re really kind of walk out why you should or shouldn't be doing something, right? But, but when you, what I found was that when we would facilitate that kind of a conversation, sometimes it would be really hard to get it to the end. My mind would have been, already been made up, but I, would, I, I was struggling to, to, to really lead the, 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 the conversation to, okay, we're done, and, and I think I know what we need to do, and I get, I get everyone's opinions here, but we need to go this way, and we need to move this conversation away from... Um, the, the debate and the creativity piece of it and really try to get into the, okay, now I'm giving instructions as to how I'd like to execute on this and, and assigning tasks. And without making it crazy awkward, that, it, it, I, had difficulty, um, I, I had difficulty ending the, the how might we do something part of the discussion and moving into the, okay, here's what we're going to do, right? So what, what, what we started doing was... Um, I would tell the team that I have a strong opinion about something. Um, and that was kind of a signal that, you know, unless there was something major here, we're moving, the, 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 the how or the creativity piece of the conversation had ended. And we were moving it now into, um, it, was, it was okay to move on to the next piece of the, of the puzzle. Right, so you know, the way practically speaking this might work, we were, you know, maybe we're hashing through a, a, a some, some creative copy or something like that. We had a couple of ideas, and uh, one member of the team had one idea, another member of the team had another idea, and they were they're both giving pros and cons. And we'd get to the you know we get to a point where like okay, I have guys, I really have a strong opinion about this. I think we should go this way, um, and um, I want to assign it to you to to move forward. That's really hard to take sometimes in the heat of the moment. So one of the th so so short when I would say I have a strong opinion, the shorthand of it was okay. We're done now, and we're, we're moving on into execution. But the other thing that that said was, Jason is taking responsibility for the outcome now, right? If the, the, this is the idea that, that, that strong opinion 
can't, could not be used lightly. It's like, a, you know, like your trump card or like, you know, like the bomb that you would drop occasionally. If you're using it all the time, then, you, then I, you know, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a tyrant giving, you know. Um, strong opinion meant that now if the idea didn't work or if there was some, a piece that was missing, the team is now relieved of the, you know, I'm still expecting good work from them. But the responsibility of, it, of the outcome or the result now rests with me. Um, but those two things, one, one, we've moved, we've moved into another part of the conversation, and it's okay if you're not completely comfortable with it or completely on board with it. It's time to get on board, and it's, it, it's safe to get on board because you're not going to get hammered later um, or you're not going to get dinged later because... Um, because I made a bad decision as the, as the group leader. Um, so the, I guess the, the, the last part that I wanted to talk through here was sort of how, um, how, does, how does this shorthand get transmitted to the team, right? How do, how do, how did they, learn, how do they learn strong opinion and quick question? And I was thinking about how we did it, and it started with started with new employee training, right? I actually, you know, there there's slides within my, you know, the presentations that I have for uh, for training and onboarding new employees that include the included these topics, right? Um, this is what shorthand is, and walking it through so that they understand. This is what this is how the huddle works, and this is um, this is how quick questions work. And then reinforcing it um, throughout my normal meeting rhythm with my team, right? On the daily huddle, in my monthly one-on-ones, at my six-month, at my annual, right? I'll probably, maybe I'll do, do another sort of episode on different types of meetings and meeting rhythm and, and things that, that have worked and, and, and things that have worked for other folks. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the way that, that, that you know, the team adopted this, and, and after a while, it just kind of became what we do and became embedded in, in, in our culture. Um, and I think it worked really well. I think if you asked the team, they'd, they'd say it worked really well, too. Well, that's what I got for us today. Um, man, it is good to be doing these things again. I, I've just been so busy trying to settle into a new job. I think I'll probably be talking about that a little bit, too, because, um, you know, it's been a while since I've since I've changed employers, and um, man, there's a there, there's a learning curve, right? And uh, and getting there is a uh, it's not as easy as as you, as I thought it was going to be. So maybe I'll talk about that, but not next time. Next time we're going to be talking about how how do you diagnose the why uh, when you don't get what you want. There's a there, there's a great sort of methodology and, and framework that a mentor of mine, Rick Shirley. Uh, shared with me very early on in my career, and I've used it with uh, with my team. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen it too, but it's just a good reinforcement. And I'm, I'm constantly doing it, not just with with uh, with the people that work with me, but just generally in problem solving. It's a, it, it's it's proved to be pretty helpful. That's it. That's what I got for the show today. Um, if you like this, why don't you head on over to www.jasonclaws.com. Leave me a comment. Maybe sign up for the show on iTunes. Uh, you can sign up for the email um, for our email list uh, from, from the website as well. There's other episodes that are up there. Um, if you really like this, forward this on to a friend. You want to want this to become a community. 
All right. That's it for today. Until next time, keep on keeping on.